0: The first reading this morning is can be found on page 1118 in the church bibles it's colossians chapter 3 beginning to read at verse 1 living as those made alive in christ since then you have been raised with christ set your thing your hearts on things above where christ is seated at the right hand of god Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander and is in all. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. If you're able, please stand for the gospel, which can be found on page 986 in your church Bibles. Luke 12, beginning to read at verse 13. The parable of the rich fool. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And he told them this parable, And be merry. But God said to him, "You fool! This very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself?" This is how it will, it will be. This is how it will be with those who store up things for themselves, but are not rich towards God. This is the gospel of the Lord. Amen. Praise to you, O Christ please sit down.
1: Good morning to you. Shall we pray? Come Holy Spirit, open up your word to us today and meet each one where we need to be met. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Jesus loved telling parables, didn't he? There are 28 in Luke's Gospel. I didn't count them all, somebody else did it. They are such a good way of illustrating a point because a parable is a truth in story form that applies to every person's life, irrespective of background. In other words, we can't find an excuse to wriggle out of it. So what is Jesus saying here? Is he saying it's wrong to save? Clearly not. Because we see in the parable of the talents that we need to be good stewards of what we possess. So is he saying that we shouldn't provide for our families? No. In 1 Timothy 5 verse 8... It says, if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for his immediate family, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So is he trying to be a killjoy and saying he mustn't enjoy what we have? No, Timothy again in verse 6, 17 says, command those who are rich in this present world Not to be arrogant or to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. So clearly we're to enjoy and thank God for every single thing we've been given. But as always, Jesus cuts to the root of the matter in the man's life, and that is What's going on in his heart? And Jesus is interested in our hearts and our motives and what causes us to act the way we do. What's going on inside is going to be reflected in our actions. And these are key indications of our spiritual life. When Jesus works, he changes us from the inside out When the enemy works, he attacks us from the outside in. I don't think Jesus minds us having stuff. It's just what governs our desires and thinking that he's concerned about and whether he is first. Is he Lord of everything in our lives, including our money? Generosity begins in the heart whether that be thankfulness to God for all he's done for us or whether it's compassion. But after our hearts are touched, it moves up into our minds where our will decides to do something about it. And there's a constant battle going on which the enemy uses to try and drag us back into the world and to, into our old ways of thinking and acting. And the battle always starts in the mind. Our will and our emotions reside in our soul. And quite honestly, they've had supremacy for so long that it's very difficult to recognise their workings and actually to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. So we get led back into our old habits and ways of thinking very, very easily. And the enemy wants us to doubt God's goodness to us. He wants us to doubt God's provision. And he wants us to doubt God's promises. And so he works on our mind. Possibly he uses envy. I think we call that keeping up with the Joneses. We we must have a bigger and a better car. We must have a bigger and a better house. Um, We must have that because our brother and sister have got that and we haven't got it. Or maybe he uses fear. And we dare not trust God for provision, but we depend on our own capabilities. There was extraordinary generosity in the early church. We read they had everything in common, and that was a sure sign of the Holy Spirit's presence and activity in their lives. We often read of places in the world today where there is extreme poverty, but also great generosity. They have no choice but to trust God, whereas we don't actually need to have such an active faith. We have so much don't we even the poorest of us here have so much I can remember when Sue and I went to Guatemala a few years ago we went to visit a family and their house was probably not as good as my garden shed they had a a tiny square of backyard that was literally mud but they had one avocado tree and they sent us back with a bag full of avocados. They could have given us one each, but we had a bag full. And it was very, very humbling. And it just brought you up with a start, really. We don't have to look too far to see that most of the world is governed by the pursuit of money. Now, I'm not saying money's bad. Obviously, we need money. We need to live. We need to buy food. But businesses have targets. Where those targets are reached, higher ones are set until it doesn't actually matter how the job's done as long as the target's reached. The bottom line is good and consequently we lose our integrity. There are lotteries every week, if not midweek as well, I think. There are endless ways you can bet. You can walk into any high street and see betting shops. You can bet online, you can bet on your phone, And we read about the result of that on Family Life. Our modern day thinking is obsessed with acquiring wealth. Because we're told, wealth and money equal happiness. And we tend to forget that we're merely stewards of what we possess. I think someone said there are only two certainties in life. Taxes and death. Sobering thought, isn't it? And we certainly can't take it with us. Sometimes we shut off sections of our life and put up no entry sign, only allowing the Lord into specific areas. Yes, Lord, you can be Lord of my work. You can be Lord of my family. You, but you can't be Lord of my money. I'm in charge of that. One vicar who had a building project on the go said, Oh, it's easy to convert people, but less easy to convert their pockets. Jesus says in Matthew 6, Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, show us where we slip back into the world's ways of thinking and out your goodness and your provision and your love for us. Show us where we've put up no entry signs. Help us to trust you with every single area of our life, Lord, because we know you are a good, good father who longs to provide for his children. And you have promised us, Lord, that you will provide all our needs according to your riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Help us, Lord, to recognise the enemy's voice that whispers what we want, what we need, and not to trust God. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.